It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast, which is, of course, based on the book, which you can get in hardcover, in paperback, and, of course, in audio form. And your guest is already looking around wondering where his copy was. Steve, what's going on? you have a book? That is unbelievable. That is unbelievable. You don't don't have a copy? You don't have a copy of the book? I do not have a copy of the book. That is unbelievable. Wow. What a miss. What a host. How are we still And I don't have a picture with my hand pointing out either. What a a host. You know what? Well, you'll have that today. Okay. It is episode 85. Finger guns. It is episode 85. (laughs) And without further ado, why don't you introduce us to your guest, who, by the way, way, uh, doesn't have a book or a picture of you with the finger points. That that will be remedied today. Fix that. Uh, This is my friend Gus Rennie. He is the embodiment of. What entrepreneurial lifestyle is? No fear. Um, just does what is genuine and authentic wow. to him. Wow! And how about that? And, and part of being an entrepreneur is being a sales guy. And the question of the day, and I know on when we post this on all of the social media stuff, there we may go. not be Here we go. video. Here we go. Here we go. But for those that are on video today, here we go. How does a guy that looks like George Costanza? Yep. Here we go. Land a beautiful woman like Amber Hughes. <laughs> Alcohol. Alcohol. <laughs> Constant alcohol. So that is the sales job of the universe. You know, I, you know I, did you have the feeling it was going that direction? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's an audio podcast, <laughs> so, but yeah. didn't you know, like, as soon as he started, like, here we go. Yes. Here we I'm go. a target. Um, <laughs> Steve, wouldn't that be a better question for, for the wife herself? Yes, absolutely. You want to grab a microphone? Wouldn't that be a better question? She's great. But um, so I met Gus when he partnered with Michelle. My, uh, my story of how I... Uh, Your lady uh, friend. Yeah, my lady friend who, uh, you know, I, people question that all the time with me too. How does a guy that look like me... Like look at, look at there's, like there's, there's, there's four of us in this studio right now. Right. Shay doesn't count because, you know, he doesn't count. But Ken Levicka, <laughs> who produces this podcast, his wife, far too attractive, far too intelligent, far too successful yeah. in life. Oh my God. But, but, but Ken is adorable in like a butter South Park Teddy kind of way. Bear kind of way. Yeah, yes. and, and, and she feels bad for him. And by the way, she knows like when she wakes Sympathy up in the morning. is a good thing. And she knows when she wakes up in the morning, she knows two things. A, he can't cheat on me because nobody else wants him. <laughs> And B, he can't do better. Right? It, it way outpointed out. my coverage. Yeah, yeah, it's good balance right, right there. So it's called out kicking the coverage. Clearly, Gus is doing it. Clearly, Steve, people look at you and they know that you are oh. also doing it. We, we posted a picture from an event we went to last week, which unfortunately you couldn't join us. But uh, we post, I posted a picture of Michelle and I, yeah. and I was tongue-in-cheek saying, she makes me look good. Of course. And overwhelming response. You bet your ass, dude. You bet your ass she does. <laughs> Listen, like, you know, we all have that in common. We all have that in common. Yes, right? indeed. Yeah. So we're very fortunate they're in the studio with us. But uh, I'm excited because the value proposition of the show is to have entrepreneurs who have achieved great things, who have had great obstacles in their life, who continue to blaze new trails, start and create new opportunities and gus is the embodiment so welcome yeah. welcome aboard Thanks. gus so first of all i want to say you don't look like george costanza Thanks. so let's eliminate that immediately Se- <laughs> second of all you know from a guy who generally people say what is she doing with that guy i understand so we're on the same level as far as that goes he doesn't like very many people so he must like <laughs> yeah but, but you know i like i love when i walk through a casino with a woman that i'm dating like in vegas or an event and i can hear the people going 
he must be rich. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he's not. Oh, yeah. or, or he must be powerful. Oh, no, right, I'm not. Right. Or like, what is she doing? I can, like, What is she doing with that guy? And I'm like, I can hear you. <laughs> I can hear you. So, so let's get back to the top of the show. When, when, when Steve said that you are the embodiment of the fearlessness and such, I saw a facial reaction. I saw your, your like, wow, you were oh, a little humility, bit. humility. Yeah, right, you right. were humbled in a sense. Why is that? Do you not agree with what he said? I just thought, you know, no. I just uh I just do. You think he's too gracious? Yeah. So why don't I, you tell us from the start like what what are you doing? You know, what are the the categories that you've gotten involved in? What are some of the challenges you've you've faced? Um, because you do have a wide breadth of opportunities that you're involved in yeah. and you're always looking for new. Yeah. What's your story? Yeah. What's your story? Yeah. Big diversification, um real estate, finance, um verticals and call centers, things like that. Um, you just never know when one's going to end and another one's going to pop up. And I just always try to keep, uh, let's start at the beginning. Fed. Where are you from? From New York. Okay. And then when did you realize in life that a nine to five job with a boss and Monday morning meetings wasn't for you? Um, 16, 16 years old. Yep. Do you remember, do you remember that moment? Do yes. you remember your first entrepreneurial? What was that? I worked for a valet company uh-huh. and some guy, uh, threw his keys at me. And I took his car, drove it about 16, 20 miles away, and left it there and went home. I like that story a lot. I like that story. story. Because because he threw his keys at you. He didn't hand them to you. Correct. He saw you as less than someone who was on his level. Correct. And you were about to live that life. Correct. And then you never went to work for that valet company, I imagine. Never. Right. What I would have done if I was you was probably sold that car. That's I mean, the real entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Something tells me that you know some guys that also know how to remove a VIN number. No. Or, oh, him? Or, Come or, on. Or you might know a chop shop. You might no. know a chop. You got to no. sell that. No. Car. But if you have a Porsche that you need to get rid of, call me. <laughs> what was your first entrepreneurial project? What was the first where you said, you know what? Because, like in college, I remember I was a freshman in college, I was making fake IDs so that other freshmen and sophomore could get into bars. Yep. Right? So I remember that was one of the early. What was it for you? I would go into uh, New York City and buy the fake tag cures, oh, the nice. watches. Which yeah. were hot. Yeah. yeah. They were right. And then I'd sell them to my uh, people at school. What was your markup? What oh, was your margin there? It was like double or triple. It was 100%. And then I was getting them on the cuff from the guys, from the, 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 the Chinese guys on Canal Street. Yeah. So I didn't have to lay out my own money or anything. It's always Canal Street. It's always the Lower East Side Canal still Street. Still that way. Oh, yeah, still that way. Still that way, yeah. But the, the tags you couldn't tell because there was nothing really unique about them. a lot of handbags the now. The I mean, yeah. that, that whole place yeah. is known for handbags. Yeah. Right. But it's still entrepreneurial. Yeah, I'm sure there's dumb guys like me making a fortune right now on like Louis Vuitton and stuff. Right, for exactly sure. right. Okay, so when Steve says that you're fearless, do, you, you look like you didn't agree, to be honest with you. You look like maybe it's a healthy amount of fear. Well, earlier, I was absolutely fearless. I would invest. Ten dollars if I had nine, but now wife, kid, you take a different perspective on it. Mm-hmm. So I might, you know, think about it differently. What was the but I do know you as somebody that when you're in something, you go deep. Oh yeah, you know, so you are, you have conviction. Yeah, um, you're not looking for my opinion on things because we've worked, you know, and talked about some stuff yeah. together. You're not, you know, you like you have real drive and real passion. Yeah, which is I think the cornerstone of what makes an entrepreneur is I don't need your opinion. I may ask you just for perspective, mm-hmm. but I'm driving the car. Has it always been that way? Or was, yeah. it, was there a pivotal moment? No, when I'm in it, I'm in it. If I'm going to do it, I want to know everything about it. I want to control it. I want to, you know, I want to know the, the pros and cons of it. And, you know, I want to drive the ship. Um, so there wasn't a moment in which it all changed for you where you said, Ooh, I've learned from that. Never again. I mean, we all had a never again moment. And oh yeah, for sure. Okay. Do you remember what that was? It was, uh, <laughs> it was tough. It was when I, uh, it was when I made a crucial mistake and ended up three days in, uh, in gun club. 
Really? Yeah. Do, do you want to share what that mistake was? <laughs> trusting, to, trusting people. Right. Which is trusting let, the wrong right. people. Which is you know that's a hard lesson to learn, but everybody does. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we we learn more from mistakes than from doing it right. You don't learn really much from getting it right. Which is probably True. one of the uh, the codes of being an entrepreneur is that everybody's had a mistake. There isn't anybody who climbed the mountain and didn't slip at Correct. Any, you know, and usually they're tragic slips that teach you a bunch that make you better the next time, the next time, because it's just a part of, you know, so in any of the people that we've had on the show, which we are on show 85, 85, pretty crazy. Congrats. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't, don't keep in mind now, a couple of guests have been repeat guests. So really, if you think about it, you should be doubly offended. You, you didn't get a book and you didn't get asked before. <laughs> right. Some people came back twice before you got on once. Just saying, guys. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, great job, Steve. Thanks. And you were really slated for 2020. <laughs> You're going to walk to the next Gator game. That's for sure. And there you go. Um, so on this journey um, to where you began, which was I'm not getting keys thrown at me because I'm not going to be viewed or disrespected like that to where you are today. On that path, there was a time in which you bet on yourself and you found out you were wrong. Oh, yeah. yeah. Want to share that? I've been up and down, up and down, um, you know, cabinets full of tuna fish for a year and that's mm -hmm. it, you know, no money, no nothing. So, yeah, absolutely. But, but clearly you prefer, you know, the hustle than yes. the stability. You, 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 you prefer the life of uncertainty. I only know the hustle. Okay. I'm not uneducated. But that's no, a choice, you know, though. Yeah. It's not for everybody, no. and in my travels when I speak to people, sometimes somebody like you, their children have seen that up and down. They go, I want to be an accountant and go to work. Yeah. You know, oh, like yeah. We would somebody not yesterday the same sure. thing. He goes, my son is a very conservative guy, and he just doesn't want to live the way. Well, it's the fear, right? Because right? It's, it's the fear really that you don't have you anything to up. fall back on, right. right? You don't have nothing to fall so back I, on. I've yeah. said for my whole life, I don't have a plan B. Oh, there I, is no plan. I tell B. my wife that all the There's time. There's no plan B, man. We're all in, and if it's not all in, then I'll be, you know, kicking myself. You'll find a way. Why it didn't happen? So you find a way. You always do. That's a code, and That's it's easier to take risks when you have a backup, right? Like if you're a doctor and you want to go out on your own, great. Then you can always get a job at a hospital or whatever. Right. With me, if if something doesn't work out, you know, I'll back to getting a valet or something. Well, you know, some of the the people that I've worked with and coached over the over the years. You know, they'll come to me with a problem, and in my mind, you have a, a, one decision. Can you outsell it? You know, if you can't outsell it, you light a match to it, and it's what, over, what, and you move on. What do you mean, you know? outsell it? Elaborate so, on you know, that. I've had audience. companies that have come to me that have been in trouble. Cash flow isn't working. Um, the sales staff isn't working. Whatever the problem is, if it's a sales problem that you can outsell, you can change that momentum, mm -hmm. that's fixable. There's some problems you just can't fix. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the business is ending, uh, regulations. I mean, I think there's going to be a big fallout in CBD. You know, mm -hmm. I think people, that's coming <coughs> that, you know, is going to be government forced. So, you know, that that's something, you know, that when you're faced with that, it's like. It happened know, in the mortgage business. Yeah. My mortgage bank, same thing. 2008, there was no, oh, there yeah. was no coming back from it. We yeah. got slaughtered done you know it was you all know, and it was all regulation did you stay in too long there had to be look at all of us are guilty comedians used to come on my radio show and say you know never fall in love with a joke mm. i may love the that's joke a great line but, that's but, a great but, line you know, chris rock was like listen Agreed. you know I, I love this joke but the problem was i told it two times friday mm. night two times saturday night and i didn't get response i gotta let it go yeah we're all guilty of with a passion project or something we believe in staying in too long you see families and restaurants <laughs> Right, and they just refuse to give up. Refuse there's to a give point. Up. Yep. There, there's an old expression: "Cut your losses." And you hear people say it like, like a man's offended a woman. 
Like, how? oh, when's the baby due? She's like, I'm not pregnant. And they go, cut your... It's like, there's no cutting your losses. Like, quit <laughs> while you're ahead. Like, get, you, turn, and, turn and run right now. Can you recall an instance in which maybe, you know, you're guilty of staying longer than you should, trying longer than you should, not recognizing it was time to get up and get out? <laughs> My restaurants, for sure. Your restaurants? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In Miami, uh, you know, where every week somebody's spending more or, or doing something better, and you always think that you can do it better than the next guy, and you just stay in until you're... Crushed. Why do we do that? Is that the competitive ego? nature? Is it ego? Oh, it's all ego. Well, well first of all, there's the Superman. Yeah, I, you ego. know, I can, I can do this. I can handle it. Sure. But I think uh, even Gary Vee talks about this in sales that, you know, there's so many salespeople spending time and energy trying to sell something that they're never going to sell or sell to people that they're never going to sell. Mm-hmm. That that's the big challenge in sales. It's not anything other than spending your time more wisely and, and so but I then, think it's the same kind of thing. I, I We had a cosmetics business that was felt unbelievable. It was so much fun. It was so great. Michelle was a big part of it. But one day someone said, uh, hey, you know what? You're not making any money. Yeah. 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 Like, well, she also oh, passion yeah, projects to do that. You know, I remember, you know, it was like a marketing 101, advertising 101. It was something in college and it was literally like the second day of class. And I remember the professor was like, there's three kinds of people out there for your product. Those that buy your product, those that don't, and those that never will. The ones that never will, forget about them. Don't even waste your time and effort on them whatsoever. Take care of the ones that do and try and convert the ones that don't but might. I think we spend too much time. That's exactly the point. When I go into sales teams that I'm coaching, I'll look at their you know, drill down or their weekly report or whatever, and they have the same people on there over and over and over yeah. again. I go, you got to qualify what's an opportunity and what's not. Yeah. And you know what the best part about what we do is that there's always another opportunity. There's always another person so look forward, don't look back, don't get stuck. And it's the same thing in business. Sell I mean, to the masses, dine with the classes. Oh, nice. You gotta have look that, at you. That One more time. Big, oh, that's a win. Give me that again. Sell to the masses, dine with the classes. You just got to have that, that, that product that everybody wants. Middle America, everybody. Mm-hmm. Or everybody can use. Like I would challenge you that my product is very premium. I'm not for everybody. But when you hit it right, I don't need everybody. Yeah, you know, everything uh, gets more expensive up there, though. Correct. The is, right, know. right, right. So, yeah. you know, when you go to Ferragamo to buy sneakers versus anywhere else you can buy sneakers, they're much more expensive. They want you to say no because the more people that say no to it, yeah. the closer they are to the few that would say yes. Like, I've yeah, never, It applies in different areas. Real okay. estate, that applies. Yeah, I've, yes. never, I've never seen a sale at Louis Vuitton. Yeah. Uh, nothing it's ever goes the same. Sale. It's the same energy to build a $5 million house as it is a $50,000 million, a $50, house. But you got to have gigantic cajones to build a $50 million house, yeah. especially on spec. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's. I've never done one that big. Right. What's uh, the biggest one you've. 20. 20. Even 20. Mm-hmm. I mean, to do that on spec, to know that you're on the hook when that thing's done mm-hmm. and you got to sell it. Woo, oh, yeah. yeah. Those you, are. Those are some tough nights, and we have, uh, we have, Amber. <laughs> we haven't discussed what GR Investment Group does. We haven't discussed all of which uh, you encompass. So please, by all means. So we invest in um, in a bunch of different uh, verticals. So we do uh, financing. Where we finance, we do call center verticals for the plethora of different things, auto warranties, debt settlement, debt consolidation. And then I, uh, we invest in real estate, buy and build spec homes, flip real estate. I think um, you know, here in West Palm Beach, we're up to like almost... 2,000 flips. So this is a diverse portfolio. Big time. But do the platforms all work to serve each other or they're disconnected where it's completely this one has nothing to do with that one? Well, it all comes back to data. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in data. So once I have a person, I can bring him to any of my verticals. 
Mm-hmm. So one, one of the takeaways for me of watching Gus and even in the relationship that he had working with Michelle, you know, he's in the business. Like you have the pulse of what's going on every minute of every yeah. transaction in your business. And I think that's one of the fallacies of people as they get successful, they sort of lose the, they get in the ivory tower and they forget that what got you there is Agreed. your instincts. Totally agree. I'm in it, my office every morning. Yeah, you know, and it, you don't work it the same way you did. Yep. There are processes that do that, but that doesn't mean you lose touch. And it's like I say to people, I go, listen, on Friday afternoon, if, if you're driving a car, you don't let go of the wheel and then show up Monday morning. You go, okay, I'm ready to drive again. You got to keep your hands on the wheel. Mm. How you do that is not as you're not into race all the time. Some is yeah. leisurely driving, but I never let go. An entrepreneur yeah. never lets go. And the minute you do, that's when you get bunked. One thing I do is I make sure that um, everybody in the organization gets treated the same. So in the clubs, it was the bathroom valet would be spoken to the same way that I would get spoken Which to. Which is difficult to do. And yeah, I make sure Very that in to. all my companies that, that everybody's treated with the same amount of respect regardless of your, well, you know, this, your title. This comes from the valet job. Yeah. I mean, this is the valet job principle. That's the takeaway. You threw your keys at me like I'm nobody. Right. And so I will never allow that to happen. You're practicing, in fact, what it was you protest. Yes, exactly. Right. So talking about time management, because it's an age in which... Um, because of technology and connectivity, we should actually have more time. But as it turns out, everyone complains and seems as though now there's only 20 hours in a day. It seems like there's less time, even though we have greater ability to utilize it. Explain how you manage your time. Uh, prioritize. So wife and, and daughter are obviously way the most important by mm-hmm. far. But then When did my, you learn that? Because you didn't always know that. Well, I, I, it was when my daughter was born. Okay. A different perspective, right? Because my wife and I could always be, you know, could always make it happen for ourselves, but now you have to take care of a daughter. But the moment, like literally the moment that you saw your daughter, you knew that, okay, everything changes now. Oh my God. Yeah. You wow. Have, yeah. And if you follow him on social media, you will know that he's a doting dad. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing more important than my wife and my daughter. How old is your daughter? Three. Okay. So this is a new revelation to you. Oh my God. Because yeah. it wasn't family first until you saw her. And then you saw her, and now everything has shifted. Yeah, and especially when, you know, growing up the way I grew up, you never thought I'd have whatever it is I have, you know, and have a family. How'd you grow up? Not, uh... Well, here's, let's just check this. <laughs> he hasn't grown up. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I so didn't grow up with you're a lot. Get along, you're going to get along great here. <laughs> I didn't grow up with a lot at all. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, the, the, the story that I always go back to is my school lunch was two twenty-five, mm-hmm. and I'd get... $2 or less a day to go to school with. So I was always behind the eight ball, always hustling for that quarter. Damn, where'd you go to school? Why is it two? My lunch was a buck. and We got to be same age. I mean, mine was two twenty five, uh, two slices and a small Coke. Okay, so you it wasn't in the school. But, no, but not in the school. That lesson yeah. of scratching for that quarter <clears throat> changed your life. Oh, for sure. Because if somebody gave you three dollars, mm-hmm. this is really true of investing in early stage companies. They go out and they raise a lot of money and then they get stupid with the money. Yeah. You know, having money, I, is, I did that. It's not the trick. <laughs> did you, it's not the you trick. Did that? Oh, the trick that. is to be, you know, uh, the power broke. Yeah. Uh, Damon John, who who I, you know, was one of the ambassadors yeah. for him when we did that. He speaks about less money makes you make different decisions. Uh, sure does. We've all done the stupid things decisions. when you come into money. All for the of a first sudden, time. you got what's money, a, and it's a, like, oh yeah, let's do that thing. What's a, what's the dumbest thing you did when you came into money? Oh, I had a big house with one room furnished and a Ferrari in the garage. <laughs> 
Like the, a total idiot. Okay. Because you were in Boiler Room. You were the guy in Boiler Room. I was the guy. I was I was definitely that guy. You had you had no interest in furnishing the other rooms or just that, it just didn't that matter. those resources were allocated to the front. We don't spend any time it didn't in those matter. rooms. Yeah, it didn't matter. <laughs> Why do I imagine you had black uh, lacquer tables and, and such entertainment no. center? No, 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 no. no. Was, no. it, was there was there like a ceramic cheetah or, or nothing like that? No, no tiger. No. Okay, it was just always like a big, big, biggest big screen that you could possibly buy. <laughs> Spoiler room. That like now you get for three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, it, it, that's an interesting question. Whenever anybody comes into my, you know, I, I do a magazine celebrity interview feature, and with someone like, for example, you know, Rob Van Winkle from Ice. Yeah, for sure. So, so Rob was a guest with my magazine feature once, and I said, the, you know, I asked him, what's the first thing you bought when Ice Ice Baby hit? He said, some five hundred thousand dollar car from. Germany that you know wasn't even cleared for emissions. Right, you know you had to get a DOT transferred to get over here, uh, whatnot. So, so the lesson from that is when you come into a little bit of money, you make dumber decisions than when you have none. Well, from the first time, yeah. I mean, look, all these all these professional athletes, they always make that first mistake. You well, know? when the eighty five percent of them, and this is not an exaggeration, eighty five percent of athletes go broke. Yeah, and then they're stuck with thirteen cars. I don't know how many cars you really need. Yeah, you yeah. know it's you know so I'm, that's not an indictment on that. But what it what I can tell you is where you've grown. I didn't know you then, but your house and you guys are probably the most hospitable people I know. Thanks. I mean, you come to your house is you you don't we don't want for anything. And yeah. every angle there's a TV that you could watch the game. Really? And there's you want to go in the sauna. You want to go in here. You want to. I mean, there's every you know there's every amenity. At his house, which you learn that you get more satisfaction out of doing for others. Right. Yeah. Where does that come from? Is that is that from you? Or is that from wife? Both. The 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 let us you know. But, but I love to be our guest. Be our guest. Yeah. Be our guest. I love to entertain because I, I like to give back and I like to just um I like to just make sure everybody's having a good time and yeah I'll I, tell I, you I like how- everybody coming to my house. When I grew up, it was always going to my friend Mark, who was like the rich kid mm-hmm. that we like rode his dirt bikes and rode his stuff, and you know it was like it always was always fun. that house. Yeah, right. and now like I like to you know thank God I'm fortunate enough knock on wood um, to do nice things like we went to that game. It was beautiful. It was um, great. And, yeah. um, so, so is this this is makeup time for you? Yeah. This is hey, I went to Mark's house and now I want everybody coming to my house. Yes, I definitely want everybody coming to my house. And um, well, well, like speaking from a time management standpoint, his businesses. Him and his partner made a decision that the time and the energy and everything to get to places in and around Florida were mm-hmm. too expensive and too time consuming. Right. So they bought a plane. Mm-hmm. And so we were fortunate enough to, you know, it's okay. I mean, that's how we went to the game. And you it's, bought a plane? Or you know, you- it's not ostentatious. It was never, it was never bad. It was always... Right. It, it, you know, it was it, why not? It, why not? A, why not a membership? Why not a nut jet? Why not a flex jet? Why not a wheels up? Why not? You bought it right. Yeah, I've tried the why. fractional. I've tried the fractional stuff uh-huh. uh, earlier in my in my life, and um, and I just think that for what we wanted it for, it was just better to have our own, and 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 you have the opportunity to charter it if you want. But we, was, we choose not to. It was decided on business and practicality. It wasn't some hey, look at I always wanted to do this, and I've got my own. Or, yeah, originally it was, but then it turned into. Okay, yeah, now we have some fun. But, with but, it. but so I will tell you how, how I will tell you how he's programmed. Though I invited him, and this is real. You don't even know I'm going to say this. I invited you to that charity event. I'm on the board of JA. Mm-hmm. We had this big night called the Ultimate Night Out. I invited them to come. He instantly said, "Yes, I'll check with Amber, but I would really like to come." And before we hung up the phone, he goes. Who do I write the check to? Mm-hmm. And oh, of all the other people that I invited, mm. if you're listening now, you cheap. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
We love that. We do a lot of giving back. We do a lot of charity work. We do a lot of um, help for people who Which are... Just fundamentally yeah. part of being a good a human lot, being is to give it back. Send mm-hmm. the elevator back Well, down. there's a chapter yeah. in the book called Give to Get. Yeah. Right? Well, he wouldn't yeah. know. You wouldn't know that because you never got a copy of the book. <laughs> no. I can sell you one, though, if you want. 30 bucks. <laughs> How is it possible that you guys were partners and he doesn't have a book, that you guys don't have a book? That's crazy. For me, it's giving back is the greatest thing. Doing fun stuff and giving back to, you know, to the less fortunate. And, Where does that and, come from? I think it's just because I know what it's like. I just, I, I just, to receive? Uh, to I know I know what it's like to not have. All right. Big time. And, and the feeling of sending the elevator back down, at least for me, last night I spoke to a group of kids, 20-some-odd kids at, um, at, at FAU. They all got books, by the way, Gus. Ah, they all got a copy and of the I was book. Driving, I was driving down there with Shay, and I really didn't want to do it. I was tired. It was at 7 o'clock. You know, I get to the campus. The campus is crowded. We couldn't park. Long story short, you know, I got up in front of these kids and I said, I have something I can share with them. That's a good feeling. Yep. And it's not always money. Yep. This was time, energy, you yeah. know, with you. It's not always money. It's not always yeah. money. It doesn't it's, have to be. It's just, right. Everyone this, has something to give to enrich or better the lives of others. This is the fifth fifth anniversary of the Rennie family Thanksgiving? Fifth? What's the Rennie family Thanksgiving? We do uh, Thanksgiving dinner for um, single moms. He's are, asking the wife. For it's for I, I know what it's for, but it's program reach, and it's um it's for families that are homeless, mm-hmm. and they put them into this uh this this program where they get back on their feet, get a job, and they can wow, stay. I they didn't can know that. stay, wow, cool. and we feed them, and it's like a hundred people, ish, hundred people. It's, I don't, do it she doesn't like when I exaggerate. Or? That's why I look at her. And now no. you're, you're referring to the wife, of course. Yeah. Okay. She if you want our help, we're we're in for that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. I we, mean, we, I'm, um, I'm leaving for. Gainesville, you know, and I'll be in Gainesville. One of the things I talked to my boys about was on Friday, we're going to volunteer ourselves somewhere. Yeah, I love you know, it. Just to do it. I love it. Know? We teach our daughter to do it. And, um, but and you my, don't, my you, wife's real good at that stuff. But you're not sure where that co- You didn't inherit that from a parent or a grandparent. No. Or it's just a case of it just feels right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Didn't well, learn it. Just have it. Yeah. Well, yep. you know, I love it. Sometimes you reach a point in your life where you have, mm-hmm. and it's like, the feeling of giving is better than making, mm-hmm. you know, at least for me. Sure. You know, I've, I've made a lot. I've lost a lot. It doesn't matter. You know, the opportunity to see the look on, like, you know, anybody's face that you're giving it to is just tremendous. Yeah. You know? and so, you know, I can't imagine not living that way, but, you know, people do. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's my wife is the, is like the most moral and caring person that you'll ever meet. And she She's does like Minnesota. It's incredible. <laughs> Minnesota. And the best part about it is you, you would never know. She you doesn't, she doesn't talk about it. She no. hates when I talk about it. She hates right. all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think both of you are pretty humble. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I was excited to have you on there. Cause there are entrepreneurs who are all about them and you do not come from an ego place. You do not promote yourself. Yeah. As I keep telling you, you should <laughs> do what works for you. Yeah, yeah. Look, under the radar. What what I've learned, what I've come to learn, like that Page and Esquire used to say, is that when I started to just do for others and give of my time or talent or how I could help or connect others or take time, whatever it was that I could do. And I'm talking about writing a check. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about sure. I, I, I'll I'll come meet you and I'll explain this to you. I'll introduce you to these folks or I'll see how I can help. The universe started repaying me. I didn't realize at the time. But things started to kind of break my way. Things started going my way. Started catching breaks and such. Yep. And I truly believe that when the universe knows your intent, whether it be God, baby Jesus, whom the universe, whatever, it knows your intent. And if you are doing for the right reasons and you truly care, not because you want to stand up at the charity gala and everyone to see that you donated 100,000 euros, mm-hmm. but you truly just 
quietly do what you can to help. The universe is good to you. It's yep. just it's funny how that works out. Well, look, my wife does everything. She doesn't tell anybody, and she got me. And she got you. <laughs> the ultimate reward. The ultimate give back. I want to recap. The ultimate reward. <laughs> the ultimate give back. So, so when people ask, you know, um, you know, God, how'd she wind up with that guy? Like she got super lucky because I was really good to the universe. <laughs> exactly. And listen, I don't know why you're so hard on yourself. I think you're a good-looking dude. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah, I mean, you're better looking than Steve and I. Yes. Let's just get that out of the way right now. For sure. No That's doubt. That's the only reason I came on the no show. Doubt, right? No right. competition. All right. It says here on this really uh, thought-provoking uh, sheet of rundown here, keys to success. I know it sounds simple. They do it during football games or the key. And it's not that simple. But for you, if someone were to say, what are your personal keys to your success, you would tell them what? I think you just always have to keep an open mind and, and learn from other people and, um, and just try things. Just, you know, be passionate about it. Don't just invest because you have the money, but like really get into it and understand it and, and, and you can you know, have a better chance of success. I like that. You know, he, he speaks, you know, something that I try and tell people because it, it was not my mantra throughout my career. It is now. If you do what you love and what you're passionate about, mm-hmm. the money follows of course. that. And you'll yep. never work. Right, yep. right. If you do just what you like, it's not work. It. You know, it's like I, I took on this new part of my career, speaking and training and doing all like that. Mm-hmm. And... I never thought it would be what it is and mm-hmm. what it's continuing to become, mm-hmm. but it has so many rewards besides the money. Correct. But and it's a it's, calling because you're so, good at it. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, yep. I, I do love it. You know, like these kids were like, wow, man, you're like the best speaker we've ever had. You know, it was like, and the, the guy who put the whole thing together, he goes, it's amazing to see someone come in here with like a sense of humor and really make it fun and engaging. Mm-hmm. I don't really know any other way. You know, yeah, I mean, I'm not. You can't be serious. That's yeah, all. Just, I really think the whole thing yeah. is there's too many people that are way too serious. Way too serious. So you were talking about giving, and you were talking about kindness, and you were talking about selling the elevator down. And the Tim McGraw song, the last verse of "Humble and Kind," says, "Don't take for granted the love this life gives you." Right? When you get where you're going, don't forget turn back around, help the next one in line. Mm-hmm. Tim always. That's Tim McGraw. Always be humble and kind. And so you talk about the elevator down, that's turning around, help the next one in line. It all comes full circle. Well, he is the son of a, of a Met pitcher. And Philly. And Philly. And, yeah. well, Met. Right. Well, and ball. <laughs> Gus Ronnie, thank you for the time. Thank you. C- congratulations thank you. Awesome. on the Thanksgiving with the, the giving. That's fantastic. Best Thanks. of luck with everything. Thank you very much. Steve, as we thank wrap you, up brother. 85, why don't you tell us something good, please? Um, Thanksgiving is upon us, and so there's no better time to express gratitude to everyone who's around you. We will not be doing the podcast next week as I'm heading to Gainesville to spend time with my, my boys. I'll be disappointed that my lady will be with our family in Oklahoma, mm-hmm. but we all have lots to be grateful for and uh, waking up every day with gratitude and making, making Thanksgiving a part of your everyday routine is really what it's an uh, attitude, this life is all about. It's an attitude of gratitude. And so I'm super grateful. Attitude of gratitude. If you woke up tomorrow with only what you gave thanks for tonight, what would you have? There you have it. Um, Want to go for 86? Wow. 86. Want to go for 86? Uh, yeah, who it was, was a good year? 86. Is that uh, Duriel Harris? Are, I have no idea. <laughs> there's, some, there's a lot of wide Actually, receivers. 86 is an interesting number because growing up in retail yeah. or in the in the restaurant business, it's, it's out. 86 is. You're right? out of it. Yeah. 86. So, I don't know who's doing 86. Steve Nodelberg, Josh Cohen saying thank you for listening. We will catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long, everybody. <laughs>